Chris gives Embrace of the Serpent a masterpiece. masterpiece. Oh, yes. I fucking love Astonine. this movie. <laughs> yeah. Here, up next. <laughs> I'm sorry, who's next? Aaron. Oh boy. Dun dun. <laughs> oh, masterpiece. Oh, my God. oh, masterpiece. Wow. wow. Wait, right on par with Dead Man. Wait, wow. hold on. Nine. Oh, uh, wait, let's hear, let's hear audible. Oh, I forgot to do the guessing game with you guys. Oh. Wait, so Chris gave it a nine. Aaron gave it a 9.2. Uh, uh, I'll guess Paul gave it a, um, four, 8.8. Oh, wow. 8. Damn close. 8.1. Oh, 8.1. Okay, cool. Okay. And, uh, I, Yosh. Gave it a 8.7. Damn. Hey. All right. See what so, yeah. Uh, this is going to be a high score. So, uh, Aaron, did I hear you say that you gave it the same score as you gave Dead Man? Yep. This is on par with Dead Man. I gave it the book. exact score. I gave it Dead, Dead Man as well. I, I was looking at my personal rankings. I was like, I can't decide if I liked it just as much as Dead Man or a little bit less. I ended up there liking it just as much. Yeah, I almost put it... Point one this above Dead Man, but this I like had to remind myself how much I enjoyed Dead Man. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But these ready? stories together are yeah. just so mm. beautiful. Similar messages. Boom. Eight point eight. Eight point eight. Eight point ah. eight. Diggity dang, diggity dang. Wow. Eight point eight. Okay. So mistaken. So uh, to answer Aaron's last question about uh, wow, Ida, Ida is tied with Train to Busan at seven point two, right. mm. um, and eight point eight puts <sighs> Embrace of the Serpent as tied with Dead Man and hey! Wings for and, our, for, and Wings for of our Desire. Number, <laughs> yeah, yep, for yeah. our number five spot. Wow, Dead wow. Man That's awesome. and Wings of Desire. I felt yeah, that too. so. Yeah, so interesting um, that we bring another film in that uh, has similar vibes to Dead Man. Um, this based off of uh, a true, two true stories, uh, two diaries from two men who ventured into the Amazon at different times. Um, the first of, of the two men, Theodore, being the oldest and only real recording, Western recording of Amazonian uh, tribes um, so uh, a phenomenal phenomenal film um, right at the top I would like to say that I was blown away by the performance of one Nilbio Torres who played wow. young Karamakate Kerama, um, wow so good and that body uh, though yeah I know <laughs> dude yeah. that guy was ripped I was like looking at him like shit man that is that's so mentorship, right? Oh there. yeah, no. We're definitely monetizing the Amazon CrossFit for 2021. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. You know. Oh man. That guy is that guy is thriving on naked and afraid. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you mean just living as a native? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm gonna start with Aaron. Aaron, which scene stood out to you the most? Which one do you walk away with thinking about the most? 
Um, okay, off the top of my head, just with you hitting me with that, uh, there's that that scene where he's pulling all his luggage up the up the riverbed, and he's like, well, "Just throw it in the river, like just leave it behind." And he's like, "No, no, this is everything that is me. This is all my history. This is." My attachments to uh, what did he say? Germany or mm-hmm. I forget which mm-hmm. country? Belgium. His family. Germany. Yeah, his family. It was just all his luggage, all his belongings he was bringing with him. And it's like, but it's just holding you down. Like it, it's no good out here. Like, why are you bringing that with you? And it just was such a metaphor for life and our Western society and how much material we bring with us through life, and a lot of it just bogs us down. And we bring history, we bring attachments, and ultimately, like none of that helps you towards your salvation. Um, you have to release those things and find your soul within and without those attachments. Well said, and and uh, you know the, the same thing, the same element was explored with Johnny Depp's character in Dead Man, Jim Jarmusch's film, which we previously discussed. If you'd like to hear that conversation, go to YouTube. Slash Dead Cement Society. Um, and another film comes to mind Songs from the Second Floor. Yeah. Bringing your baggage into the afterlife. Mm, yeah. Dragging it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that both of our westernized men in this film uh, have similar scenes with the, the same, um, excuse me, Amazonian uh, man with uh, relation to dropping his baggage. Well, it's interesting, too, because uh, the parallels or what I got from the symbolism of showing the younger version, the past version and the future version was this was his karmic experience to do it right the second time. The first Mm -hmm. time he brought on destruction and he brought on bad karma because at the end of the film, he destroys all the plants. He sets everything on fire and lets the old man die of his disease. In the future version or the present version that we get, he is now atoning for those sins and atoning for the destruction and the hoarding and the selfishness he did and the just all that destruction he brought. Now he's able to redeem himself and show this man the sacred plant to carry on to spread to the world to give that knowledge to everyone and not be selfish and not try to hoard well your your tribe like this is this is only for us and white man always destroys everything and you don't deserve it so this was his atonement in the story that's spot on and aptly said and uh yes i mean Wow. Have you guys ever seen a, a film like this before where it's these two intertwining storylines, um, just the, specifically the way that, that it was done here? Have you guys ever – did this film feel novel to you? Not entirely, and I'm trying to think of the film you're referencing because it probably was another, let's call it, uh, exploration film. And, of course, long after this is uh, uploaded, I'll remember it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I don't have it, anything yeah, in, in yeah. mind. Um, I guess I just now I'm thinking of uh, Cloud Atlas for some reason just came to my mind right. uh, in, in the sense that it's just like different time periods, but like this, like there's one cohesive story being played out throughout all of eternity kind of thing. Um, 
Chris, what was your experience watching this film? You speak the true true. Um, <laughs> that's a Claude Atlas joke. Anyway, uh, the <laughs> yeah. I think this okay. I think Aaron hit it right in the head. I think this story is. I mean, he, he literally says it to uh, I can't remember the the native man uh, Karamakake something like that. Um, I'm gonna butcher a lot of things. Oh, you got this it. Discussion. I got it. You got it. Karamakate. You're good. Karamakate. Yeah. Karamakate. He. I, we, we literally saw him embody the Chilichakwi that he was talking about in the act of burning down the Yakruna tree. He loses himself. He becomes a wandering ghost without a soul. And he tells uh, the guy in the 1940s, you are two men because he's the man you see before him. And he is the Chilichakwi of the German guy come again to try and do this. And it's exactly what, uh, Aaron just was talking about it is his redemption and his kind of fixing the wrongs of the past and what happens when he does it he dies because you never see him after he gives him the Ukruna he's gone we never see that character released. again yeah, and, his, butterflies. and he became uh, he, he got his necklace so he is now the, the, the last or the, the basically the shepherd of the Ukruna plant mm-hmm but what wow. really, really sold this for, for me was the Breon Davis's character's emission of who he was. Because I, I knew, it's like, he's probably there for rubber. Because the United States in 1940 needed a lot of rubber for the war effort. And they mostly got their rubber from Southeast Asia. And Japan basically ran mm-hmm. all of that. So he was on a military mission to basically do the exact same shit that the Colombians were doing and all the rubber barons in those 40 years that, you know, he was living as a soulless husk and he accepted him without wow. any sort of, you know, this is who I am or big speech. It was just like, I see who you are. You are no longer two men. Let's do this. Wow. Yeah, you guys are you guys are killing it right now. Um, speaking of the rubber war, I would say that to answer my own question of which scene stood out the most to me, it's that scene where the rubber war is first introduced and um, uh, I forget our, our friend's name who is helping Theodore. Manduka. Um, Manduka. Manduka. Um, played by Miguel Dionisio Ramos. Mm-hmm. Um, Manduka is clearly affected by these trees, which have the markings of the rubber war, mm-hmm. um, uh, the making of rubber, I should say. And he finds buckets of the liquid that makes the rubber, and he's furious and he's dumping these buckets, only to realize that he is dumping the, uh, you know, the liquid money of um, one of these victims of the rebel war who comes out of the jungle without arms and, and all deformed. And, and I mean, that scene was so powerful and devastating. Um, And then he just begs to be murdered. He just begs to be killed. And, um, and Manduka puts the shotgun to the rifle to his head and, uh, and he's being asked not to do it by his companions, but he's so destroyed by this American warfare on the Amazon that he pulls the trigger, but the the, the gun, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't fire. And this poor man is just on his knees, just like begging to die. I mean, wow, that scene uh, was super impactful. And then later on in the film, um, uh, 
I got a lot of Jodorowsky inspiration vibes mm. in this film. Specifically, <laughs> I figured. And <laughs> uh, now you guys haven't seen too much Jodorowsky yet, but there's no way that the the man who made this movie is not a fan of Jodorowsky. I mean, it's it's direct representation of Jodorowsky's style when we get to the Christian esque cult um, towards the end of the film which oh, yeah. is one of the most insane parts of the film where we find a man who is claiming to be, I guess, the second coming of Jesus Christ in the depths of the Amazon. And he's got a cult of Amazonians um, who are like hybrids of Christians and the old, uh, what would you say? What was the old belief there? The old... Just native uh, belief. The, yeah, the native the native belief of plants mm -hmm. and, and gods uh in the amazon and there's like a hybrid cult going on there and um you know this this jesus christ type devil guy um uh is essentially has a hold over these people kind of has them fooled into believing that he can heal people um and uh paul why don't you walk us through what happens at that at that uh oh my cult. god it's uh because Karamakate does the very best he can to heal his wife, and it is uh, assumed that he has, and it's, uh, you know, essentially, uh, um, we believe it's some sort of gentle distraction so that they can get out of the situation, because it then just erupts into this sort of violent appeal on behalf of this magi to eat me eat me eat me oh my and God. you're you're like watching this and then it it had elements of like 1970 zombie movies and i was so taken with it because I, I kept going i had to reverse and go are they eating him right now what what is going on right now well you know our heroes are slipping out the back door and i'm like oh wow because it was there was just the illusion that that is exactly what was going on. And I was like, it was so compelling. And I just imagined whatever hallucinogenic was powering this magi, like that was the, the allure and the attraction of the Amazon. I want to go to the jungle. I want to have whatever he's having and I want to get closer to God. But we now see the negative consequence of taking something where perhaps Yakuna or, uh, what did they call it? I guess the Yakuna is more of the positive way that you might find your uh, this sort of super consciousness like Ethan found, or there's this other plant that exists among many where it will corrupt you. And I just was like, well, I guess he found the other one because this is exactly because interestingly we come in with western eyes thinking oh the amazon we know about piranha we understand obviously there's going to be some reference to uh the you know the you know snakes and jaguars and but we we don't imagine their own world corrupt the way that was represented in that moment and it was uh I mean, it was stark and it was violent and it the performance was extraordinary in that moment can I jump it could in here? also be Chris. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, a couple things. I, I, I read that as, as uh, Connor Makate just giving them uh, what he was giving to the German guy in the beginning. Basically just a numbing agent to not necessarily break their mind, but like 
what what I got from that was he basically so he was giving it to the guy up the nose, which basically was just like m- making him able to walk, kind of a mm-hmm. uh, a muscle relaxer mixed with like a cinnamon or something like that. And if you put that as they were using it in alcohol, it makes you kind of lose your mind. And like I don't necessarily think it was the plant that was evil, but it was basically a lose like giving them the lucidity to think that their physical uh bodies weren't being hurt and the the context and i hope we're going to this more was that they thought that these ethan and karmakate were two of the three wise men come to visit jesus again and so (laughs) they were bringing gifts and so basically he murders them with myrrh because the guy the one of the magi who they assigned to karmakate is the um uh, wise man who gives myrrh uh and it's 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 embodied because it's yes you are the son of god and like they are taught in in most christian you know uh you, when you take the sacraments it's the blood and body of christ so he says i am christ take from me my body and he is but a man so they just eat him Jeez. so there's a lot of amazing idol like uh what am i thinking idolatry in this well, but, metaphors and yes. symbolisms, and yeah, let me jump in on this too because there's this whole, this whole uh, scene with the cannibals. Um, it's incredible because if you also look now at the past version, this same place was Christianity or Catholicism. It was a a priesthood. He had all the little boys um, in the uh, whatever the camp and. Um, he was he was creating this holy place in the name of God and punishing all the little boys for going out of order. And there's some weird vibes there, too. You kind of got like some pedophile vibes, maybe. But it's interesting because what I took from the scene is that after that event where he was whipping the boys and he knocked them out, I got that the boys killed that man because of all the punishment. And then those little boys are the guys that we see in this crazy cult many, many years later. And now they've adopted a new saint, a new Christian icon, but it is in paganism and and an extreme fanatical version of Christianity, um, which is kind of how they were raised as children. So now they're like completely dominated by this fake Messiah. And then we get this drug scene. And he goes into the whole, like, I am Christ. I am the bread. Eat me. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, you, like, let's eat you could Christ. Eat, you could say that the reason that it ended up being that hybrid sort of form of, of Catholicism or Christianity and, and the Amazonian life is because, um, for example, when they arrive in the past, um, young – sorry, these names are – really hard to remember young karmakate um he has a bad feeling about it and you can't really place why but he's like you know like uh, he doesn't want to be there he can't even speak his language Mm -hmm. in this camp but you could make an argument that time is a circle here because like his future self is calling back to him in a way where he's like because he feels like he's been there before but maybe he hasn't but the point i was trying to make was that um when they go to set the boys free um, because they're being whipped and they go and knock out the priest um, to set the boys free. Actually, before that, I'm sorry, um, Karmakate sneaks away from the dinner 
and mm-hmm. teaches a couple of the, a few of the boys about the the plant medicine, the real way of the jungle. And then that's what ends up being why these boys are whipped. And then eventually the priest gets knocked out and these boys run into the jungle. So it could be that very act. We're having a uh, Game of Thrones moment here um, with uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Hodor, you know, like the whole thing with Bran interfering with the pattern of life is what leads to Hodor becoming Hodor, you know, by trying to prevent something from happening is actually what causes it to happen. Kind of thing is the idea. Spoiler. And so (laughs) spoiler for (laughs) Game of Thrones. (laughs) Um, I hope you're um, coming up on Game of Thrones by now. So, so I guess the idea that I'm, I'm propagating here is potentially that cult never happens if it wasn't for the interference and the sort of mingling of the Amazonian plant medicines with the Christian culthood. Possibly not, but we're also drawing the similarities of the two extremes, which is very interesting because they are both fanatical and they are both similar in their own catabolic way. Mm -hmm. Um, this priest is devouring the the childhood of all these kids mm-hmm. and taking their uh, native roots away and making the you know punish punishing them in a box and the extreme is many many years later they're still in that box but now it's a different fanatical behavior so they're the same no, i would be interested I would be interested to see, you know, which parts of this movie are actually based off of these diaries. For example, if this whole cult thing has any merit in being true, um, I'd be curious to see which parts of this film are taken from the diaries. Paul, uh, you gave it an eight point one. Um, so, so for you, uh, what was your experience watching the film? Maybe where where were some of its shortcomings, or if you're not comfortable focusing on that you can take the conversation wherever you'd like yeah no i i I don't mind it it, this is a uh, it's funny um i will invoke his name again uh uh carl dreyer you know our 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 danish filmmaker who i i have to explore as i uh, continue along with uh, the dead cinema society i looked at how i've ranked films prior to this and where my you know am i reinventing myself for 2021 I was a little critical uh, just on art direction. Uh, for me, I was so moved by performances. I was so moved uh, by the visuals. It was just, it was like, did I feel like I was, I felt like I was in the 1900s when I was following Theo. Uh, if you ask me what was your favorite uh, scene among uh, uh, a man coming out and, and asking to be murdered, it was certainly, uh, Aaron alluded to it earlier, the just, an explorer's need for something that he believes he needs in order to navigate uncharted areas. Just hit that scene with the indigenous tribe. I need my compass. You don't understand. And where it would have been a wonderful moment for him to gift something that may have uh, both literally and symbolically given him peace and maybe found a cure for him for him to release something and perhaps gotten something from the jungle. Um, with with Theo, I felt like I was in the 1900s. When we moved forward 30 years, I didn't quite feel like all the notes were hit for me to feel like I'm right here in the 1930s. And maybe it was just costuming on uh, on uh, uh, Evan, um, you know, little details where I was like, God, you're like these. This little thing is distracting me from making this like just an absolute like near masterpiece. But in this grading scale, it would have maybe moved me to like probably where you 
uh, figured ID would maybe more like an 8788. I'm uh, a bigger fan of Dead Man um, and was deeply moved by that movie. Uh, but the use of Native American act, I mean, excuse me, I should say uh, indigenous actors. Right, exactly. You know, I know. Nate, yeah, exactly. To a degree, right? That's you know, uh, interesting. They kind <laughs> of are. They kind of are. You know, you're like, yeah, okay. It was the Americas. Uh, but yeah, whatever the ethnographers still, you know, deemed this classification of people. But I, I was like, that's that's where I was just a little bit lost. But uh, all the all the points you guys have made, I am right there with you. I'm just trailing behind you, just looking for some things to get knotted up, which I'm sure uh, are just niggling. But they're really, a, it's a variance of maybe four tenths or five tenths. And um, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Ask him what like, he just what said. What was that word? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I say it? Oh, no, I wouldn't. I would never say. No. It sounded uh, like you say, no. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get that audio and get I'm going to make it on the soundboard. What was the word you just used? I don't know. I used the word said. niggling. Niggling what does that details? mean? Niggling is like these, like the little, like these, now. like little pain, like you get that niggling pain on the back of your, on your neck. Okay, Chris, that must be on our soundboard. <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> I, because there is a word that means uh, spendthrift. It is spelled N-I-G-G-A-R-D-L-Y, which I would never voice uh, anywhere. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that was uh, that created. What is that? Sounds like slurs. <laughs> yes. No, exactly. <laughs> and we get pulled off YouTube. Pulled off hey, YouTube. Yeah. yeah right. Then we just we got to put your racist Paul on the soundboard. Like, oh God, here we go again. You're you racist, gays, Paul. Right? You're racist. Uh, you're the furthest from racist. Um, yeah, I I can't really. I need more time. I mean, I will I will say that uh, this show is supposed to be about a week ago, and um, I watched uh, this film probably four, maybe five weeks ago. So it's oh. not uh, as new. Uh, for me as maybe you guys so i am kind of struggling right now and same with ivan's childhood i watched like four weeks ago so uh so yeah, excuse me if i feel if i seem a little rusty but i will say that um i can't i need more time to figure out why this film wasn't a masterpiece for me but like you paul there's some elements that for me that were just kind of missing more towards the end like i just wanted this film to be like wrapped up with a neat bow or something and it just it wasn't and it left me it left it me just a little. It wasn't, and it left me. It left Dude. me just a little, a little confused in the end. But really? I mean, I I gave it an eight point seven. Yeah, I obviously love right, the film. Right. You know? To me, this is wrapped up perfectly, and I love this whole this whole story. Like he finds the old man in the jungle, and he's like, "What are these markings? Like I'm looking for the sacred plant. I'm looking for." basically my soul i'm looking for enlightenment i'm looking for cure and this old man is like i'm sorry i can't remember where it is i can't remember where my own soul is where my own enlightenment is and this whole story takes us on the journey from hell to enlightenment the journey from a shell of a human being to a full fulfilled human being in spirit and there are so many incredible symbolisms in this movie, like where he's in the, uh, in the past, he says, I need my compass. How am I going to know where I need to go? How am I going to find my life? How am I going to find yeah. what we need to look for? I don't have my compass. I can't go anywhere. Then we fast forward to the future and he's like, 
holding his map and he's like, throw that away. You don't need that. He's like, how am I going to know where we're going? He's like, because you will know, you'll know. And he takes the map from him because it is not the map. You're you're not boxed into this like, oh, well, this is how to find enlightenment. Like, oh, I'm just going to go here and we're going to play the video game and do, 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 do. And it's external. Oh, the map's going to tell you. No, guess what? Your soul is going to tell you your karmic memory. You already know how to find enlightenment. It's already within you. But if you don't find a way to trust yourself, you will not be able to find this destination. And it's an incredible story of two lost souls finding a yakuna, which is finding yourself, which is finding enlightenment. And I I challenge everyone to watch this two or three times because I'm going to go back to it. This is one of my favorite movies we've, we've come across because it is just like... It's technically your second favorite tied with Dead Man that we've ever yeah, watched. I mean, yeah. I, it's like even talking about it, it's like, oh man, I, I might even like this one more than uh, Dead Man. But it, it's tough because they kind of have a very similar message of enlightenment and just those like final scenes of Dead Man where it's like he's floating away on the boat. And in these final moments, he's coming down. He's like, where did Yara Kamate, where did he go? Where did he go? And he comes down and he just sees like the flocking of those like butterflies. And he knows like, oh, I'm, I'm in his spirit now. Like I'm, I feel him like he's, he's passed on. Um, I loved that. How, when, when he first comes across uh, Karamakate, the older Karamakate, he there's that scene right before they take off on their journey where Karamakate just stands in that in that in in the butterflies there's just butterflies all around him yeah and um and then the film ends with the exact same shot except with uh ethan in, in the butterflies instead yeah i think those are his probably his ancestors or him kind of like getting the sense like this is this is right you need to take this man to yakuna you know, you need to take him on this journey with you, even though you don't remember anything. Um, were they butterflies? Because I actually didn't realize they were butterflies. Were, were they actually butterflies? Because if, if they're butterflies, the metamorphosis, you know, analogy works perfectly, obviously. Probably. I mean, a moth or a butterfly, yeah, butterfly. it's kind of the same thing. They're in a cocoon mm -hmm. through life, and then they are able to fly. A chrysalis. Yeah. A chrysalis. A chrysalis. Right. Oh, we got to find a soundboard reason for us. <laughs> get down the soundboard to, to chrysalis. Uh, any closing remarks from you, Chris? Yeah, I thought this movie has so much. Like, like, like Aaron, I, I'm going to watch this again. I think in a couple months or maybe in a couple weeks. But it's there are so many little items and so many calls to what it meant to kind of lose this native culture. Uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but when this movie was first screened, it was screened in Colombia, where a lot of the government and a lot of the like, you know, bad people in the movie are Colombian and they screened it for uh, a local tribe of Amazonian natives. And after the movie was over, they walked up to uh, Ciro and just said, play it again, because it meant that much to them to have <sighs> wow. their, their representation. And they want, they immediately just wanted to watch it again. That's dope. Like, and yeah. I think this movie deserves multiple viewings, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's I agree. a great I, point, I Chris. I'll watch it again. So uh, special. If, if I go back, uh, uh, God, 30 years, I remember being at screenings with, if I, if I may reference this again without using the word niggling. Um, uh, <laughs> 
a movie actually featuring uh, American Indians, Native Americans, I believe produced, directed by Native Americans, which of course was uh, Smoke Signals, which I, among uh, many movies in the 90s, early 90s, opened the door for more movies like that to be made, where finally we could portray American Indians uh, in an affectionate uh, comedic light, they didn't always have to be portrayed as, you know, uh, entitled people on a reservation collecting government money uh, or portrayed by white people painted as American Indians. So uh, the 90s really evolved where we got to see a culture finally done by a culture in a film by that culture. And um, it's great to see that expand where obviously, um, you know, uh, these people in the Amazon had never that culture would otherwise be lost. So it was just interesting that Ciro is our is our ethnographer. He's educating, you know, certainly many people that there are, uh, you know, there are tribes of people speaking multiple different languages all along that giant river that is, of course, supplying countless thousands of consumable products to our doorstep at this very minute. But um, that's another Amazon for another time. <laughs> oh, that is ironic. Nice. Oh, that, that is ironic. Oh man, Amazon. Wow. And we watched it on Amazon Prime. Hey. Oh my god, dude! Shit. What the fuck? Amazon is Amazon. bringing us Yakuna. Yakuna. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Senor Bezos. Senor Bezos. Oh my god. Yes. Well, I think <laughs> that, that is for me. I don't uh, know of a better way to end the conversation than that. So, Boom. Can I give one shout out real quick before we end this please. combo? Yeah, please. I would be doing such a disservice to David Gallego, the cinematographer, and also the editor, uh, Itane Busak. There were some incredible transitions in this movie, and I, I just want to like shout those out. There was one in particular I had in my mind. There was a, a transition from the from the, the past to the future. And is when they were rowing their canoe in uh, the water. Yeah. And you watch them disappear in the horizon and we kind of shift down into the water and the mm -hmm. trees, yeah. the reflections of the trees going by. And then now suddenly we pan up and here is their future present self coming in the boat as well. And it's just a seamless transition and a phenomenal way to bridge those two worlds together and i just i have so much respect for the camera work and editing of this film well aaron you're already up for um uh argument of the year um <laughs> i think that uh yeah i think i would i would maybe bump my my rating up one or two mm -hmm. um so uh a phenomenal film and, and let's for now say goodbye to embrace of the serpent. Oh, Bye, Brian. Bye, Brian. Hey, so uh, quick question: Do you uh, you want to come on Dead Cinema Society? All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> okay, you can stop. Oh, Brian, what? You want me to? You want me to take your Kruna tonight? Yes. Oh. Oh, look at those baby blues. Your Kruna is already inside of you. Oh. <laughs> our, uh, our podcast audience has no idea what's going on. Right <laughs> no, they're going.